Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I am a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show where I use my experience as a counselor to talk about mental health issues and raise mental health awareness with a special focus on the music community and artist community. Um, it involves informational videos about mental health issues, and it also involves interviews with artists, musicians, comedians, creatives, um, about how they are dealing with the pandemic, um, and the mental health, health issues they have, and all kinds of things are coming up along the way. Their creative identity, how they balance being a parent with their musical lives and careers, how they make a music career work, all of that kind of stuff gets covered in the show. So today, I am going to be talking about how to find a therapist. That's something I got a question about um, you know, a few days ago from a listener. Is tips on how to find a therapist and I thought would make a really good uh, show today to kind of share. I'm going to try to give as much of an overview I can um, about kind of what to look for, where you look for a therapist, what you look for, and then also do a little bit of focusing on the cost of therapy and uh, different ways to approach uh, how you how you can um, cover the cost because I know there's some barriers for some people with the cost of therapy. So a few announcements before, uh, before I get started. Um, I'm going to be playing a brand new song after after I'm done talking, so please stick around to listen to that. Um, part of that is practicing for a live stream show I'm doing with Lincoln Hall and Shubas on Instagram. That's on June 4th at 7.30 p.m. That's a Thursday. Um, and I've also got some really great guests coming up this weekend. I have Carrie Couch of Cafe Mustache. She's going to be on uh, this Friday. Saturday, I have Kurt Oren. Is going to be joining us on Sunday. Anna Holmquist, a Chicago artist uh, with the band Esther, front person for Esther. And then on Monday, uh, Dr. Leslie Tanner is going to be returning. A, a mental health colleague of mine is going to be returning. So I uh, hope you'll join us this weekend. All of that will be at 2:30. So I've got some notes down here that I'm kind of peeking at, uh, but let me get into you know what to look for um, on how to find a therapist. So we'll start with the where to look for a therapist. So there are different resources you can use to look for a therapist. Um, the, the first one that comes to mind is, you know, if you're going on the internet and you're going to start a search, the first resource that I would recommend is Psychology Today. Psychology Today is sort of the industry standard for therapists. Um, most therapists who are working um, as a clinician have a listing on Psychology Today, and it's a really good place to start. You can do a lot of searching, you know, filtering out your search, like location, gender, all of that. I'll talk about some of that in more detail. But psychology today is, uh, is sort of the industry standard for where to start if you're looking online for a therapist. Um, another great place to look for a therapist is by asking friends or family. One of the things that can be kind of hard about um, finding a therapist is that because therapy is such a uh, personal journey and very vulnerable and, and private in many ways that people don't often you know put reviews up of a therapist they work with you can't go on Yelp and there are some but not very many where you can find reviews of therapists so there's a lot of great therapists out there that are sort of in the hiding and a really good great way to figure out who they are is to ask your friends and family if they've seen anybody that they really like that they can recommend to you um, because word of mouth is one of the best ways to find a therapist um, another resource for finding a therapist would be your doctor. 
So a lot of doctors have relationships with therapists um, and that's someone that they'll send a lot of their, their patients to and your doctor may have a name or a list of names that they can refer you to a therapist and will also be able to kind of tell you what they're like and um, you know generally it's going to be someone that they know and trust so they're also a really good resource for therapists. You can also look in community programs for therapists. This is something that might especially apply if you're finding cost to therapy as a barrier, that there are community agencies out there that offer mental health services. And so I know there's some in Chicago. I'm not gonna get into a, a list of them. I don't have like a comprehensive resource for that, but there are community service out there for, for therapists, for people who may find cost a barrier to, uh, to maybe a private practice therapist or something like that. Um, there are training programs out there, so if you're, you know, in a place where, like Chicago, where there are lots of schools, graduate programs, all that kind of stuff, where they're training, they're training people to become therapists and psychologists, that they are also really good resources for finding people who are in training, interns, they're all supervised, they're, they're kind of starting out, but they have a lot of support along the way, so that's also a really good uh, place to look. And then the other place that uh, I could recommend are support groups. So maybe that's something that, you know, that might be beneficial to you. It could be a little more cost effective to join a support group. And also it can be a very therapeutic experience to sit if you, you know, are having a shared mental health issue like maybe depression or anxiety or trying to regulate your emotions to be able to sit with other people who are going through the same thing and kind of work as a group and share as a group and know that it's a shared experience, know that you're not alone and be able to listen and participate as you want. So that's another way that you can uh, bring some therapy into your life is by support groups. There are some support groups out there that are free and there are other support groups out there that will take insurance or there are others that will just pay out of pocket but sometimes it's, you know, can be a, a, a pretty reasonable cost compared to if you're gonna pay for, um, you know, an individual therapist per week could be expensive and a support group might be a more economical way to get that support. So those are the basic uh, starting places to where you can look for a therapist. And uh, next I'm gonna look, I'm gonna talk about what to look for when you're searching for a therapist. So like I said, it can be hard to find reviews for therapists. People are private about it. Um, there's a lot of confidentiality that's involved in the therapist client relationship so people aren't necessarily putting themselves out there and talking about this great therapist that they have so um, that's why friends and family can often be a good place to start but you know if you're if you're kind of going in cold and you're looking on psychology today or looking online you know here are some things to kind of look for almost every therapist has a bio out there they're going to talk about their story how they got into therapy the kinds of things that they specialize in the way that they work the way that they think about things so kind of reviewing their bios whether that's on psychology today or many therapists um, have personal websites that they'll have that kind of information on so you can look at their bio you can kind of look at their photo and get a feel for not just what they look like but maybe their level of professionalism how they're kind of portraying themselves and how much you know they're putting into how much effort they're putting into the website or their photography of, of themselves can also give you a little bit of a clue into you know how they're approaching their work um, and just kind of getting an idea for maybe the way that they write the way that information is organized on their website all that are sort of little clues on you know the kind of the kind of person and the kind of approach and organization they're going to bring to their work as a therapist. So you can look for those things. 
Um, one good starting place for looking for a therapist is by their location. You know, it's it can be um, really, especially if it's something that you're going to regularly, once a week, once every other week or so, that's something that would be ideal if you don't have to travel really far each time. So a lot of people will start by looking in the zip code of either where they live or where they work. Um, because if you can just hop over at lunch at work, that can be really convenient. Or if it's by, by your home, you go in the evening and you just want to hop over and get back home, then trying to keep it close close to home you know, can really uh, help your quality of life with that kind of thing. Um, right now, therapists are seeing clients online through teletherapy. How long that's going to go on, that's sort of, you know, that's pandemic related and how are your state is sort of mandating insurance to cover and all that kind of stuff is a little bit up in the air right now, but most therapists, I would be a little wary of any therapist who at the moment is going into their office. Um, most therapists right now are seeing people via video chat. So. That opens up, obviously, some more therapists, um, but keep in mind that down the line, if you want to use insurance, a therapist you see by video may not be able to bill insurance for it, and so I would still start with somebody who's close to home so that when the day comes when you can go in to see them in person, they're close to home. Um, that being said, if you find someone or have a recommendation for somebody who's really, really good, it can be worth traveling to to go to somebody that you really, really like or really connect with, or if you move or if they move or whatever, certainly a lot of people will, are willing to go with their therapist and not just change because they don't live in their, or they don't work in their neighborhood anymore. So location is something to consider and start with, but not sort of the end-all be-all. Um, another thing to look for when you're searching for a therapist is their, their areas of specialty. So if you look in their bio or on psychology today, people will have lists of the things they specialize in so they'll say whether they work with kids or adults or teens or certain populations whether they're you know um, working with certain types of issues like anxiety relationship issues couples depression um, people will have lists of the things that they specialize in and often they'll, they'll address those in their bio too I would be a little wary of somebody who lists that they do everything um, I think somebody who's trying to do everything, kind of like a restaurant where they have a massive menu, they're probably not doing any one thing particularly well. I'm, you know, I'm not going to write off everybody, but, but I think you kind of want to look for people who have a little bit of a niche in, in what you're looking for. So somebody who specializes in women's issues, anxiety, depression, couples, that would be a really great place to start if any of those apply to you. It's, that person probably has a lot of experience with all of those issues. So kind of looking at the specialty you know, assessing what you think you need with, for a therapist. And then the other thing to consider here is the theoretical orientation. And that's a little complicated. That's something that I won't get into too much detail, but there are different types of therapy. A lot of therapists, uh, myself included, you know, are trained in different types of theoretical orientations. And you might have heard of some like, um, you know, psychoanalysis or psychodynamic psychotherapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, motivational interviewing, there's all kinds of sort of theoretical orientations. A lot of therapists are trained in, in, in a lot of these, and so they kind of, depending on the client, which is, which is how I work, will kind of draw from, from these different orientations based on, you know, what they assess the client is, is needing, what will be most useful that, for them. But some people really specialize in 
you know, marriage and family therapy, and that's what they do. That's their specialty. That's their theoretical orientation. And so, um, if that's something that you're looking for, if that's something you have a strong idea about, you want someone who who really works with cognitive behavioral therapy or that kind of thing, then you can also search by that and, and keep that in mind. Um, some other things you can look for are the years of experience, how, how long somebody's been in practice, um, you know, how much, how, how much probably is a little bit of a, a factor in, in how much they've worked with people and can bring, but a lot of people who are, who are newer are getting supervised too, so there's generally a lot of support around um, your therapist. The type of licensure, which is also something I'm not going to get too much into, but there are different types of licensures. There's a licensed clinical professional counselor, which is what I am. There's licensed clinical social workers. There's licensed marriage and family therapists. The licensures all de depend on the state you're in. Um, they differ from state to state. If you have strong opinions about that, um, you know that's something you can look for. And most people are, are pretty, pretty okay with kind of making sure that they connect with the therapist over being really like you know strict about the type of um, licensure they have but that's also something to look for um you might want to verify that they're licensed just because they say they are doesn't necessarily mean they are you can search on your state government website to look up their name make sure that they're licensed make sure that they're actively licensed um, and that's i think that's a, a good important step to do it's just to kind of verify that you can also look for, if this matters to you, their educational background, where they went to school, when they went to school. Make sure that if they went to, you know, if they're listing that on there, that it's an accredited school just to make sure they're not, you know, somebody who got a certificate online for maybe something that's not quite as legitimate as um, other programs. Um, one thing that many people do have strong feelings about is um, the gender of their therapist. And that's something that therapists know and understand and, um, that you can generally, you know, I'm psychology today, you can filter for gender. Um, so don't be afraid to, you know, identify that if that's something that you feel and you, you want to work with a woman or a man or whatever it is that, you know, you're most comfortable with that a lot of people will choose uh, based on that. Um, and then, so, so these are kind of the broad factors uh, that you can look for. Um, but many therapists, you know, once you have kind of picked out maybe a couple therapists and you're not really sure where to go from there that many many therapists do free consultations so usually that looks like a 15-minute phone call um, where you set up a time to call you kind of talk about you know what you're experiencing what you want to bring in you have an opportunity to ask them all kinds of questions about how they work and you can also just get a sense in the conversation about whether you connect with them whether you like what you're hearing that they're saying and um, it can be, I, I really recommend that you do that. It can be an easy way to kind of try somebody out with no commitment, with no cost, and um, just kind of get a feel for if this might be a good, um, a good therapist to, to work with for you. And if it's not, keep looking because, you know, they're just like anything, there are bad therapists out there and there are good therapists out there. And there are good therapists out there, but that you may not connect with. So. It's important, very important in the therapy relationship that you connect with your therapist. And once you have that connection, you know, it can be really life-changing in the work that you can do with the therapist. So it's worth kind of waiting for somebody that you really trust and you really like. Um, and and that, that kind of comes to my next point. Really the most uh, important part of therapy, and, and research shows this, is the relationship you have with your therapist. So, 
developing that relationship, giving it a little bit of time, and feeling comfortable with your therapist is going to be the biggest indicator of whether therapy is going to be uh, helpful for you and supportive for you. So that's really the number one thing to be looking for. Um, costs. Let me get into the cost of therapy. This is uh, obviously a really big part and a really big question that a lot of people have. So therapy can be expensive. Um, and I'm going to address different ways that you can approach you know, the cost of therapy while also um, acknowledging that there are barriers for everybody seeing uh, a therapist or having mental health support because of the way that you know the system is sort of set up and because it is expensive and it's also just a sheer numbers game. There may be um, you know community services out there or, or sliding scale but there may not be enough to support. But that being said I think that you know if you do some looking my hope is that you would be able to connect and find a place that could that could really work with you. So first of all, I'll talk about insurance. So many therapists will take insurance plans. Um, if you have insurance, whether it's on the marketplace or you know through your workplace, that many, many uh, therapists take insurance. And the thing that you want to check for is whether the therapist you're interested in is in network with your insurance plan. And this can get confusing. Um, and for that, some therapists will let you know, yes, I'm in network, um, we should be fine, but I always, always recommend that you call the number on the back of your insurance card and ask them, have the, have the therapist's name and say, will I be covered with this therapist and what will my responsibility be? Responsibility meaning, will I have a deductible or a copay or coinsurance when I see this therapist? And a therapist may be covered under insurance, but you may have a deductible, and so you'll essentially be paying the full cost of therapy up until the point where you hit your deductible. It can be confusing. Um, a therapist hopefully will be able to kind of talk you through that a little bit, but at the end of the day, I really recommend that you call your insurance and you, you give them the name and you ask if you're covered because um, hearing it directly from the insurance is, is the most important and the most reliable way to know that. And, and what your copay or deductible or anything is if you have that. Um, the other way that you can pay for therapy is by paying out of pocket. Some people choose to do that. They don't have their, they don't have insurance or they don't want to go through their insurance for whatever reason. So you can ask a therapist, you know, what are your out of pocket rates? And um, kind of just pay that way. Out of pocket means you just pay them directly from your own money and there's no insurance, there's no anything there to go through. Um, many therapists do offer some sliding scale spots, so even if they have sort of their set rate for therapy that they may have a few spots in their week where they're, they're able to offer what they call sliding scale, which is where they can work with you um, and reduce their rate um, to offer something that may feel more doable for you, that really depends on the therapist. It can differ from therapist to therapist. Some therapists don't do that. Some therapists do, but their sliding scale doesn't go very low. That's really up to the therapist. And so um, I do encourage you to ask a therapist if they offer that and see if, if they're willing to work with you. And if not, then maybe somebody else will. Um, and then we get to the reality that sometimes costs are, are simply just a barrier. Maybe you don't have insurance. Um, or you know, even sliding scales feeling too expensive or not affordable for you to go on sort of a regular basis. Um, and so for that, I kind of return to, to something I talked about earlier. There are community programs, community mental health programs that you know, based on your income, may qualify for mental health services there with them. 
Um, there are training programs at schools or hospitals where you can work with people who are still in school, they're interning, they're learning, they're being supervised. Um, kind of like going to a dentist, you know, who's still in dental school where someone's helping them and watching them, but it's much more affordable. Um, that those do exist out there, so that might be something to look at too. And then finally, uh, I also talked about uh, support groups might be an option. Some support groups are um, going to be less expensive than even a sliding scale therapist can offer you and can be a really good place to uh, you know, find a community and get that mental health support that you're um, looking for. So please feel free to ask any questions that you might have in the chat box there. Um, briefly touching on medication, most therapists are, are not qualified to prescribe medication. Um, you generally need to have a medical degree. It's, it's a psychiatrist that specializes in uh, mental health medications, although some, you know, primary care doctors, primary care doctors, um, you know, can do that too. They may not be quite as aware of the medications and things that change with them and all of that, but certainly I have a lot of clients whose primary care physicians prescribe their medications. A therapist can help you look and kind of see if that's something you might want to pursue. They can kind of give you feedback on that and, you know, encourage you to talk to your doctor or psychiatrist and, and possibly connect you with a psychiatrist. Um, I'll be real about the fact that psychiatrists can be hard to connect with and they can sometimes be, this isn't meant to be discouraging, but they can sometimes be a frustrating experience because they don't always have a lot of time. Um, they can be booked up for, you know, a month or two months in advance. Um, so if that's something that you're considering doing, I would recommend making an appointment with a psychiatrist, even if you're thinking about it, um, because you might be on a little bit of a wait, or working with your primary care physician if medication is something that you want to consult with. I always tell people that if you're thinking about medication, that you can visit your doctor and talk to the psychiatrist or whoever, just talk to them about it. It's not a commitment to take medication, it's just a space where you can consult, you can get their thoughts on it, see what it might look like, and um, you know, it's not a commitment just to have the appointment and to learn more about it. So, um, so that's something a therapist can kind of help you think about, but they cannot generally, um, most therapists who are on the licensure level that you'll find in psychology today are not gonna be able to prescribe medication. Um, and that's about, that's about it. That's kind of the broad overview. If you missed it, I'm gonna be putting this up uh, along with all my other talks. Um, it'll be an IGTV after this talk is done, and it'll also be on my YouTube channel, which um, there's a link to that in my Instagram bio. And I'm also excited to announce that I'm making this a podcast. A lot of people say they listen to it rather than watch it, so I'm slowly gonna start uh, uploading them as a podcast, so I'll share a little bit more information about that. Um, and then finally, I wanted to mention that for anybody who's listening, if you want to work with me, that's also an option. Obviously, if I, if I know you ethically, uh, I cannot work with you. That wouldn't um, be appropriate. But if you, if you have somebody who's looking for a therapist, a, a friend or a family member who's, you know, two or three degrees of separation, um, please send them my way. Um, and if I have room, I'd be happy to help out. Um, you can learn more about me at my uh, counseling website, which is Jessica Emilia. That's E-M as in Mary, E-L-I-A dot com, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-E-M-E-L-I-A dot com. That's my therapy website. You can make appointments there. You can reach me. You can find out more about me. So if that's something you're interested in then or want to refer somebody to me, then please feel free to do that. Um, 
This weekend, we've got Carrie Couch at Cafe Mustache on Friday. On Saturday, Kurt Orr is going to be on. On Sunday, Anna Holmquist of Esther is going to be on. And on Monday, Dr. Leslie Tanner is going to be returning. Um, I hope you guys will, will join us this weekend. They're always at 2.30 uh, Central Time. I committed myself this, this past week because I'm going to be doing a live stream for Lincoln Hall and Shubas next Thursday on June 4th to playing some new songs. So I'm going to end this today with a, a new song. So so it's it might be a little... We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's There's something different about playing it in my room by myself than playing it when you know people are watching or listening. So I'll give this a try. This song is... Uh, let's see here. This song um, is I wrote for my little guy. I've got a little one-year-old, and uh, this song is is kind of written for him.
thanks for listening. Um, that was a brand new song uh, written for my little guy for Huck. Uh, that's his name. And uh, I'm going to be playing that song and, and some more on the live, the live uh, stream for Shuba's Lincoln Hall next Thursday. Um, definitely missing my bandmate Josh. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, definitely missing my bandmate Josh, filling some little cool solos and that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll try to pull it off by myself until we can play together again. Thank you guys so much for watching and tuning in. Um, if you want to go back and hear about how to find a therapist, tips for that, go back and uh, look at my IGTV or check out my YouTube, and it's going to be on a podcast. So uh, I'll let you guys know details about that once, once more of those are uploaded. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in a couple days. I miss you. And uh, take care.